What's up? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. All right, another gut punch of a loss for the CSU Rams. Cotter State men's basketball falls to Boise State 80-78 at Moby Arena. The Rams were right there. I mean, they were a couple of plays away from beating both San Diego State and Boise State at home. They were right there with Utah State. Overtime loss to Utah State. It's just been one of those years. I will say that the fight from this group is significant. The league is really good from top to bottom. I mean, they show some of the metrics and... When you're better than the Pac-12 and the ACC in basketball, that's saying something. But after the season that this group has had, after everything that they've been through, it'd be pretty easy to roll over at this stage of the season. Looking at the standings, it's very likely that the Rams are going to be in that 10-11 matchup out in Vegas. It would be easy to roll over and just be like, what's the point? What are we playing for? And usually at this stage of the season, there's at least one or two teams in the Mountain West that you could point to that, that that's the case. But to the credit of CSU, Wyoming, who just came away with a big win over New Mexico, they're really struggling without Jalen House. The credit of the teams at the bottom, though, CSU, Wyoming, Air Force, none of those are easy beats. And it's what hopefully is going to make for such an intriguing Mountain West tournament. I don't think anybody's going to want to deal with an Isaiah Stevens or John Tanjay if he gets hot. Clearly been a rough year for Wyoming, but they still have a lot of experience. Maldonado, Linder's a great coach. Shoot, I mean, tonight Fresno State almost beat San Diego State. It was a two-point game. Neither team scored above 50 points. On any given night, anybody really can beat anybody in this conference. And unfortunately for CSU so far in the regular season, a lot of these tight games, they have not come out on the winning side of things. And losing sucks, don't get me wrong, period. Losing sucks. When you play your ass off, though, it's a different type of disappointment. You can still hold your head high from a fan's perspective. You know, you can still proudly wear green and gold to the office the next day. I don't know. It's just a different type of disappointment. It still stings. It still, you know, sucks. It doesn't feel good. But you still can hold your head high, have some pride, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make. And for this Rams team, as challenging as it's been this season... I do think that the fans should at least understand and appreciate the fight that this shorthanded team is showing against these talented teams. With six seconds to go, the Rams have the ball and a chance to tie or even take the lead. And as far as that final play goes, that ending sequence, I thought Degenhart got quite a bit of Tanjay's hand. I thought it was a foul, but it was close for sure. And there might be an argument that even if he did get his hand, it was well after the release didn't impact the shot. But I did think it was a foul. That's just my opinion. I'm not going to sit here and throw a fit or anything like that. It was bang, bang. There was a lot of uh, traffic in that area. Sometimes you're going to get that call. Sometimes you're not. If it's borderline, probably not. But I thought it was a foul. So that's a tough break for John. Ultimately, I would have liked to have seen them put the ball on the floor and try and draw a foul at the rim. Potentially even set yourself up for an and one opportunity. There's just more opportunity to draw decisive contact, whether it's body or, you know, hand-to-hand. And considering Tavy pulled down the board with 6.3 seconds left, I felt like there was plenty of time to at least attack the hoop. Maybe you get a layup, maybe you get a foul, maybe you get both. Or, you know, maybe you realize you're not going to get there and you stop and there's an opportunity for a pull-up kind of similarly to what Isaiah Stevens did in his game winner against Nevada a couple years back. Or maybe even you drive and you pop it to somebody else who's open once the defense crashes in on you. Instead, John went for a tough contested three. 
arguably should have gotten three free throws out of it. Again, I do think he was fouled, but I do also think that there were a lot of better looks that CSU could have created with the amount of time that they still had. And I do wonder if there was a little bit of the officials being like, we're not going to bail him out on that shot. Who knows in the end, ultimately that's a tough way for the Rams to fall at home. You definitely feel bad for John because he's just been awesome of late. 16 more points in this one after back-to-back 20-point performances. Gave the Rams their first lead of the second half with uh, 622 left in the in the game. He was able to make a four-point play where he did get the foul, plus made the three. Finished it off at the free throw line where he's been really great as well. I really love the confidence that John has been bringing to the table. I mean, he has looked so smooth with everything that he's been doing. I've loved his decision-making. He's been great, so I don't want it to make it seem like I'm trying to put it all on him or anything like that. I mean, he was a big part of why they were in this game in the first place. I just didn't love putting up a contested three at that stage of the game. It all happens so fast, though. You know, it's it's so easy for me to sit here and Monday morning quarterback the scenario when the truth is, if he hits it, we're all going to be sitting here talking about what a badass he is and, you know, how clutch I'll admit it gets a little bit overused at times in sports now and is definitely a cliche, but, you know, you go back to the man in the arena quote. It's a whole lot easier being the guys on the sideline nitpicking, hosting a podcast afterwards than it is the the guy in that situation actually trying to be in that moment and lead his team to victory. Anyways, I'm going to get into more of this game. I'm going to give my takeaways, talk about some more individuals, but I did want to do the intro just on the fight that this group has been showing and why you should still feel proud despite, you know, the the frustrating results. And then I just wanted to give my take on that final sequence, whether I thought it was a foul, I did, but that's basketball. And ultimately, I do think that the Rams could have created a better look in that situation, a much more high percentage look that would have had a better chance of falling but we could play woulda, coulda, shoulda all day long. Before we get into some of the takeaways and talk about the gameplay in this one, I do want to talk to you guys about our presenting sponsor, and that, of course, is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Use the code DNVR at sign up. Right now, there's truly so much action going on for sports fans to bet on, and it's insane, whether it's the NBA, the NHL, and they offer all kinds of interesting props and boosts. Right now, you can actually get a no-sweat same-game parlay for the NBA, so you can you know place a bet up to 10 bucks, get your bet back if it doesn't hit. We've got baseball coming up, March Madness. I mean, there's nothing better than March Madness. Whatever you're doing, make sure you're getting in on the fun over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and sign up with the code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with the code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Additionally, kick off the new year with new gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and so much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair I've ever worn. They have durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. I was really blown away in that regard, especially as somebody that's blind and has sensitive eyes with glare. They really, really made it nice, especially when it's snowing and you get that glare off the white snow. What's great about Shady Rays, though, is they offer the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. 
Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. And if you don't love them, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code DNVR or visit them in-store at the Park Meadows Mall for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The Shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Finally, if you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. There's no upfront fee to speak with you about your case, no fee while they work on your case, and no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks, they can even help Help if you're injured at work, call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. Lastly, Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having Breck Brews on deck. They've been doing it for 32 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. I personally, I keep it simple. I'm a Mountain Beach Sour kind of guy or an Avalanche Ale, but... What's awesome is they have a variety for everybody. Vanilla Porter Jr., Christmas Ale, Mile High City Golden Ale, Fun Slinger, which was their collaboration with Never Summer Snowboards. Are you fancy, check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. You will not be disappointed, I guarantee it. All right, kind of starting from the beginning, uh, Isaiah Stevens goes down about a minute 10 into the game. Looked like he just slipped, um, didn't get a great angle of it on the broadcast, unfortunately, but appeared to have an ankle sprain that was giving him trouble all night. Honest to God, I've broken so many bones in my life, both arms, both wrists, fingers, toes, you name it. A sprained ankle in the right situation, it maybe hurts more than all of them. It just throbs every time you move. And the tough part is if you stop moving, then it gets all stiff and then it's even more painful. For Isaiah to be able to play 38 minutes in this game and be as impactful as he was, particularly in the second half, is just a testament to the warrior that that guy is. But early on, it definitely did seem to impact him on a couple of shots, left a couple of jumpers short right after it happened. He actually had a turnover where he just threw the ball away, was trying to hit somebody down court and left it about 10 feet short. The type of play that he could make in his sleep, and I pretty much guarantee he would have made had he not been going through that situation and, you know, been in just insane pain. Despite that, though, and despite the fact that Cartier struggled to find his groove early, made an early layup, uh, but went one for six from the floor in the first half, Isaiah and him combined one for ten from the floor, the Rams actually got out to a pretty decent offensive start. I like the ball movement a lot. Uh, The offense was a lot quicker, a lot more free-flowing than what we saw against Air Force. But I feel like both were correct in those instances. Against Air Force, CSU was kind of able to just work their way down low and and bully the Falcons and kind of create whatever they wanted. Against a team like Boise, who's one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the Mountain West, they are the best based on the metrics, you're not going to be able to bully them in the paint the way that CSU was able to do so against the Falcons. You're not going to be able to go one-on-one and 
you know, ISO every time and create as many quality looks as you were able to against the Falcons. So you got to be quicker and you got to be decisive. The ball moves faster than people can. And I felt like CSU, especially early on, did a great job of whipping the ball around the perimeter, you know, trying to create the best look possible. And I'll be real. They got lucky on a couple of those looks in the first half. Definitely got the home rim. Uh, Rivera had a three where it hit basically every part of the cylinder. Moores had one that bounced up like four feet and then came back in. As a whole, though, the shot making was pretty good in this. Six players hit a three for CSU, four made multiple, and those four guys that made more than one three, they all finished at least 50% or better from three-point range. So to me, that demonstrates that the shot selection was good. But also, I mean, it's just a credit to the guys for knocking down the open shots. There have been a lot of games this year where the Rams have had open looks and they just couldn't fall. But they finished 13 of 22 from deep, 59% from the floor against Boise State, against a Boise State team that typically really defends the three well and does not give up a lot of threes. With 7.03 left in the first half, the Rams went up 10. At that point, you're feeling really good. Boise State was kind of struggling to knock down open shots. You know, you're up double digits despite the fact that you have one combined field goal out of Cartier and Stevens. And even with five minutes left in the first half, the Rams were still up seven. John Tanjay drove uh, to around the free throw line, made a nice little spot-up jumper. You're feeling really good at that point if you're a Ram fan. Unfortunately, that was the last field goal that CSU made in the half with about 5.03 left, that little jumper from John. Boise closed the first half on a 13-1 run, took a six-point lead into the break. And it was a bummer because I wouldn't say that the Rams like completely fell apart or anything like that. For one thing, Boise started to make some of those open looks that they were missing earlier, and the numbers kind of just started to average out as the half went on. That said, there were a couple of key mistakes by the Rams over the final four minutes or so that really, you know, in hindsight, are are tough. With four minutes left and the Rams up four, Boise State airballed a three. It looked like it was going to go out in the corner, but they managed to, you know, throw it back into play. Max Rice uses a shot fake to create some space, gets a wide open three, drills it. So instead of CSU having the ball up multiple scores with a chance to extend the lead, it's a one-point game and you're feeling kind of deflated if you're CSU. To me, that kind of carried over into a couple of offensive possessions. Isaiah had a bad turnover and uh, Tavy had a turnover as well. Marcus Shaver blows past the D for an easy layup. All of a sudden, Boise's up 33-30 with 2.20 left. It just kind of seemed like their luck turned fast. Like they couldn't make much of anything early. Then they started to get hot. Then, you know, with a minute 15, Marcus Shaver banks in a three off the glass at the end of the shot clock to make a 13-0 run for Boise. You're just sitting there shaking your head as a Ram fan. Like, I can't believe that that's how this went down. At the very minimum, you hope to go into the half tied, not down. But it was a pretty rough final five minutes of that first half after CSU had, you know, really consistently outplayed Boise for the first 15. One of the things that CSU particularly did well in that first half was limit the impact that Tyson Degenhardt was able to make. He killed CSU in the first game, and he killed CSU in the second half of this one. In the first half, he was 1-4 of from the field with only two points. He came alive over the final 20 minutes. He went 6-6 of from the floor, 17 points in the second half to finish with a game-high 19 points in the game. And just right from those opening minutes in the second half, it was clear that they were trying to get him going and... That was one of the biggest factors of why Boise State was able to pull away in the second half and hang on, even despite the the late rally from the Rams. Unfortunately for CSU, while Degenhardt did get going in that second half, so did Cartier, so did Stevens. Cartier got 
Um, a big and one opportunity right off the bat missed the free throw. He struggled at the line in this one. At about the 15-20 mark, Stevens finally made his first bucket of the night, drove through traffic, finished with a layup. Even when he wasn't scoring, though, he was making an impact. I mean, he had seven assists before he even recorded a point in this game. Finished with 17 points, 12 assists, another double-double for him. Cartier had 18 points to lead the Rams. Tanjay had 16 And Riv, Isaiah Rivera had 13 to round out CSU's leading scorers. He also had a couple of steals, was really solid defensively. Tavy Jackson drew a couple of charges. Joe Palmer drew a charge, hit a big spot up three. I mean, there really was a lot to like about how CSU played in this game, especially down the stretch. But kind of similarly to the final four minutes or so of the first half, there were just a couple of key plays that really hurt the Rams. Uh, With 4.30 left in the game, CSU's up one at 67-66 at that point. And Patrick Cartier had a, a rebound just kind of ripped out of his hands by Mac, Max Rice. It ends up being a wide-open three for Degenhart. Boise retakes the lead. They never give it back. It was just a back-breaking momentum swing, and there were just kind of a couple of those where the Rams just needed to be able to make a couple of key more plays there, and you know maybe they come out on top in this one. Rebounding remains an issue for the Rams. Boise finished plus nine in total rebounds. They had 12 offensive rebounds, twice as many as CSU, and those 12 offensive rebounds led to 22nd chance points in a two-point game. That's huge. Missed four free throws as well, a couple of and-one opportunities, went 7 of 11 from the line. I mean, you know, those those add up in a two-point game. Again, I do credit the fight that this group showed, and I think if you have Jalen Lake and, you know, a couple more bodies, you know, maybe that's the difference. Isaiah made a big three at the end there. You had the ball, you know, with the chance to tie, six seconds left, just kind of came up short. Maybe some bad luck on that final call there. You know, I made it clear in the the intro how I feel about it. Not going to rant and ramble again about that. But man, this group, they've gone through it this season. It's just been one thing after another. Injuries, heartbreaking losses. It's been really tough. And I think a lot of teams in this position probably would have crumbled. That's a moral victory or a silver lining, I guess, and it doesn't make the the losing sting any less or anything like that. But I do think you can take pride in defeat if you truly go out there and lay it all on the line. And for this Rams group against Boise State in this one, I feel like they did. Definitely a couple of things you would have liked to have seen gone differently, but that's any game. You could play that same scenario in a win and be like, oh, well, I wish we would have converted, you know, this and one and this defensive sequence could have been better and this offensive rebound was huge. Like, we could do it all day. I do hope we get to see this group come up with a big win at home just because they deserve it after everything they've been through, you know, maybe and the the season with wins over Wyoming and New Mexico at home, that'd be big. Fresno, San Diego State, San Jose State, probably tough draws. I'm not sure they're going to come out on top in those ones. We'll see. But if nothing else, this group continues to play their ass off. And, you know, I think they have the possibility of being a really tricky out for anybody in the Mountain West tournament. But that's all I have on this one. Uh, another tough one. Hopefully the Rams can get back on the winning side here this weekend. Big game coming up against Fresno State, who damn near beat San Diego State tonight. Everybody is staying warm out there, staying safe. Definitely got a ton of snow out in Lakewood. Didn't sound like it was quite as much in some of the other areas, but uh, nonetheless, stay safe out there. Much love, everybody. Thank you for continuing to support the content. Peace.
cuff khakis wearing graphic tees feeling way too trendy raps that kill oh i'm deadly primed and ready like machetes at a deli in new delhi feeling scummy like martin scarelli turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice but water's the truth so i sip on that too skinny looking kid with no car keys like the only thing i drive is rcrv's got the stash like steve harvey oh i'm gnarly like non